The major disruptions caused by COVID-19 have most of us feeling some level of anxiety, but for many people, anxiety can become a serious daily struggle. Board-certified psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner Andrew McGill from Southwest General Health Center, Oakview Behavioral Health Services, is here today to explain how natural remedies can help people regain control. This is Southwest General Health Talk. I'm Michael Kreese. And Andrew McGill, perhaps we can start by getting a general overview of anxiety and the different ways it can affect people. Anxiety, it's a normal response that our bodies and mind can have in terms of to change or any type of stressful stimuli. For instance, if someone were selling their house and they're moving, it's a stressful change, it's a positive change, but someone can begin to feel anxious about it. For the most part, anxiety is a normal response. But having said that, anxiety can become troublesome when we're not coping with it in a positive way or normalizing how we're feeling, being able to live our daily life how we want to. Anxiety, you could break it down into kind of a more cognitive anxiety where we find our mind is racing, a subjective feeling we can't slow down our mind. Our thoughts are just kind of jumping from one thing to the next. Or we could have more of a physical anxiety where patients will tend to Say they have something like an upset stomach, they feel their heart pounding, their their hands get sweaty, they get physical manifestations of panic when anxiety gets very high. And obviously you can have a mixture of the two. That's how I would describe anxiety. Yeah, it can be on a scale, as you say. You don't have to be having full-blown panic attacks to have a problem with anxiety. Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. You could have a chronic, just baseline angst. You feel uncomfortable more often or patients sometimes they can have these sudden spikes of panic and anxiety response where we maybe feel not anxious and then something will occur and then we feel like we're losing sense of control and you can have a sudden burst of anxiety or panic. But yeah, absolutely. There's definitely different manifestations of it. And Is there a typical way that it starts to interfere with your life or make things difficult? Does it interfere with, you know, eating well or being able to go to work or are there any kind of telltale signs? I mean, anxiety presents differently in different people. What I tend to see is challenges with our sleep would be a big one. So maybe just difficulty winding down. We might get revved up later in the day or just difficulty kind of winding down, not being able to turn our mind off and what that may manifest in or or a, a patient may come in and tell me, I don't feel too bad, but when I go to lay down at night, I just can't turn my mind off. And they may be thinking about what if scenarios at night. To put it in a perspective with COVID-19 going on, maybe they have a child and uh, the child has to go back to daycare and they just find themselves repeatedly ruminating about what if my child gets sick from another child? What if this happens? It can really be a slippery slope where things kind of get out of hand. They get the, the train comes off the tracks fairly quickly. So I would say sleep disturbances is a big one. A lot of times patients will say they physically don't feel well, so upset stomach, their hands get really sweaty, they feel like their chest is beating fast or tight, and poor focus is is another kind of big one that I tend to see. Because of these racing thoughts that we can have, it's difficult to really control our cognition, maybe challenges at work, being productive, staying on task. 
it's like our mind is going in different directions and it's very difficult to hone in on a specific task sometimes. So as you were saying at the beginning, it's perfectly natural to be worried about different life circumstances. COVID-19, obviously, as I was saying at the beginning, has caused so much disruption and people are obviously feeling anxiety in a general sense. But we've seen reports now that prescriptions for mental health conditions are up 25%. Anti-anxiety prescriptions alone are, are jumping almost 40%. What do you make of that? I would say it definitely doesn't surprise me. I think humans tend to be creatures of habit. And clearly, COVID-19 is a big break and breach into into our normal traditional lifestyle that everyone has been living. They're, They're stuck at home. We're removing a lot of positive coping skills or or mechanisms that someone might engage in to keep themselves mentally healthy. And because of that, it can leave us with a sense of just not being able to really relieve that anxiety. Hence, people are kind of reaching out for help. And and thankfully so. I mean, medication can be helpful, especially in kind of acute crisis situations. It also isn't always necessarily the number one ideal choice. It's another way to kind of help yourself feel better. So let's talk about some natural ways, uh, some steps we can take to reduce this this problem. What's on the top of your list? I'm going to run down a list of just diet, exercise, socializing is a big one, especially that I've been trying to discuss with patients in this stage of life that we're in now. Things like yoga, meditation, therapy, huge one, music therapy, sleep hygiene, getting outside, getting quality sunlight and fresh air. Also, limiting our exposure to some of these anxiety-provoking news reports. Clearly, it's important to stay informed, but at the same time, you could very easily kind of dive headfirst in and really fixate on all of the negative things going on. And I I think that can definitely be overbearing at times. Well, and if you combine two of those things, watching news or consuming news late at night before you go to sleep, probably not good for sleep hygiene. No, absolutely. No, you can tend to, like I said, just very much so fixate on on some of these negative things that are going on. And like I said, if we're removing some of the positive things that we're doing, quarantine, regardless of how you feel about it, clearly health providers felt it was necessary to keep everyone safe and that but there are things like, so for instance, exercise. If gyms aren't open and you're forced to stay home, it's going to be pretty hard to exercise. Or socialization can be challenging when we were being forced to quarantine. But at the same time, there there are ways around that or kind of something is always better than nothing. So trying to do it in a healthy manner, whether it's a phone call, video chat, doing specific exercises at home, yoga, things like that. Yeah, it can be small steps. You don't have to join the gym. You can, you know, walk around the block. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You mentioned uh, yoga a couple times. What do you like about that? Yeah, so yoga and meditation, any type of calming time that we can set aside to really just hone in on um, focusing on our body is awesome in my mind. It can increase body awareness. It promotes identifying what areas our body can have tension in and then working on relieving those 
spots of tension through increased awareness. So working on breathing techniques um, to making sure that we're not becoming short of breath or hyperventilating like patients can when they get anxious. It gives us a much better sense of control. So really finding, okay, I'm feeling maybe a little anxious and I feel like my chest is tight. I'm going to take some deep breaths. I'm going to do these stretches and really focus and hone in on relieving this anxiety myself. It's very empowering. It's an increased sense of control, sense of self-confidence and just focus. It kind of gives the person the keys to the car. They're better able to self-promote and advocate for themselves rather than um, having to rely on anything else. Yeah, it's a great way to look at it, uh, you know, that I do have some control over things. I can break it down. I can do a little bit to help myself. But if you get to a point where you think you need help, and in particularly in your case, how could listeners learn more about getting in touch with you or scheduling an appointment? In terms of when is the right time to seek help for medication or what, how you do that, the answer is it's always going to be different for each person. Sometimes we can tend to wait until things kind of boil over until it's, we, we feel like we can control everything and then in a snap of a finger something happens or maybe a, a snowball effect, multiple things happen and we can feel like man, I need, I need help pronto as opposed to, I mean, ideally we want to engage in these things first and try and manage them without medication. It's always the best option preventatively. So I always will recommend like therapy prior to medication, but the unfortunate nature is it's not always that simple. Sometimes patients may hit a breaking point to where they're saying, Hey, I, I need some serious help, maybe both medication and therapy to really get things back on track. And that's always an option. We want to meet our patients where they're at and, and help them in any way that we can. So what that would look like, you call some form of a mental health care provider. I mean, that would be myself. What it involves is generally like an hour long assessment in which we just sit down, talk, I get to know the patient, really figure out what's going on, how I can help them and goals of treatment. So everyone's is going to be different. Maybe it might be getting back to working full time or maybe it might be for feeling really down. It might be, hey, I, I want to be able to enjoy doing this again. I used to enjoy it. Now I just don't find that I get enjoyment out of it. So we have some type of target. What are we trying to accomplish with medication or therapy or whatever it may be? Yeah, that makes sense to have some goals. And specifically to reach you, uh, folks can call 440-816-8200, or they could also visit the website, which is swgeneral.com. Andrew McGill, a board-certified psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner, has been our guest today. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Yeah, sure thing. Thank you very much for having me. Um, always love to discuss mental health and how we can um, how we can really just focus in and, and bring more awareness to it. It's always a it's, it's a hot topic nowadays. Very important. Really important. And best of luck with your work. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels, or you can check out the full podcast library for additional topics that may be of interest to you. This is Southwest General Health Talk. I'm Michael Carice. Thanks for listening.